Thank you for listening. This episode's intro and outro is a song called Lost and Found by Quan Kareem, produced by Chase Bell. I really can't fight the feeling. I can't get you off my mind. I want to get lost in love. Hey, everyone. Thank you for coming back to another episode of Rebellion, the limited series inside of the Just Am podcast. So... Last episode, we talked about uh, the first chapter of my book, which is just called Write the Book. <laughs> like, it's really just me self trying to be self-motivating to get myself to just buckle down and actually do it and not be so scared. So I hope you guys enjoyed that last time. And I hope, you know, at this point, some of you who didn't have it before have gotten the book and caught up and shared your stories with me because I've gotten so many great stories great text messages and emails which is great if you have gotten the book and you read it and you want to share that with somebody else please leave me a review on amazon that really helps me it helps boost me up on the ranks so that people can you know see my book and it be recommended to others and again i haven't done any promotion really yet i haven't done any ads or anything I'm still just circulating around my warm market. So I just really appreciate you guys for just investing in that and in that project and supporting that. And yeah, that's a huge deal. And I'm so appreciative. So this next section is called childhood. And when I was writing the book and, you know, really just getting out my ideas and still trying to figure out like what I wanted to put in it what was important um and then what I felt was just like fluff for me to take out um I kind of bounced back and forth between this section because it didn't seem as dramatic or um juicy let's say as the rest of the chapters um but later I realized that it was important for my readers to kind of know the type of person I am and the mentality and and the the foundation of who I am so that they could understand how drastic and and um really intense other aspects of my life were it gives you something to kind of you know, jump back and forth and really understand and see. So that was really like a big deal. Um, So I really just start with a thought of how I kind of view what it's like to be a child in the eyes of an adult. And it's like when you think about that and when we see these little kids running around and we see little babies, like they're really looking to us and at us like these you know, on a pedestal beings. And even if they don't show us or approach us with that level of respect off the bat or with this, you know, authority um, lens, that's truly how they're observing us. So from their eyes, we hold this, like I said, authority um, essence to us. So I just thought it was really interesting because sometimes we kind of take that for granted. And I know a lot of people um, sometimes are just not actively aware of how we are portraying and showing ourselves 
to children because they're observing everything. They're observing how we react to something, what we get excited about, what we're upset about, what we like, what we don't like. They're looking at our facial expressions. They're looking at the things that we comment on, even if it's something like just watching TV. Like they're watching everything that we do and how we react. And that is shaping them. That's shaping their minds. That's shaping their emotions, their attachments to us. That shapes how they interact with us. Because even I've noticed with, you know, kids and younger people, even younger teenagers, they will judge what they can say to us based on how we've reacted to similar situations or other situations in front of them, even if it had nothing to do with them. And that is something that's very powerful. You could easily be watching TV and make a comment about a fictional character that you're watching, but these children are watching us, and they are observing that and paying attention to that. So with that, I just say take heed to what your reactions and thoughts and expressions are and why and how you might be low-key impressing that on somebody else, especially these children. That is so important. And I feel like I didn't explain that in my little quick little blurb about my observation, but I really wanted to drive that point home because there are several moments that I didn't, you know, write about or um, bring up that have happened to me that I realized part of those moments were directly correlated to what I had observed as a child and then assumed the response would be with my own personal interaction. And that's powerful. And that's even something that I'm trying to be mindful of with my daughter. Like as I as I react to things or even how I joke and how I play, I am I'm a, I'm trying to be very um aware of that. Because all she knows is what she sees from me. <laughs> now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. <laughs> so I had to throw that in there because that theme song is just too epic. Like Will Smith is just too much of an icon for me to kind of allow you know this section to go by without you know paying my homage okay (laughs) so a big part of um my childhood was just kind of like acknowledging the fact that I am you know from like raised like in the suburbs like I was raised in the suburbs like we were born in Philadelphia and um, pretty much all my family is from Philadelphia and you know that shapes their personalities it shapes their their words and how they articulate and what they say and their just essence which is just so lovely (laughs) and just amazing and just such a culture in and of itself and like people are like oh Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia is like its own entity. 
And for those of you that have been, you know, watching what's been going on with the election and like all of that, you can tell that Philadelphia is its own entity and the city of brotherly love is a real thing. So, of course, as a kid, like I wanted to like cling on to that, like I wanted to be able to claim that. But my experience was limited. I didn't have that like true city experience. And all I really had was what I observed in my family members. Um, And so that was like a big part of my, you know, like, that was a big part of like, my identity, like how I chose to like, resonate. (laughs) was oh I wish I had that I wish I acted like that I wish I talked like that you know not really appreciating uh just the opportunity to kind of like explore my lineage and my family's you know personalities and culture um but like I that was just something that I always wanted to cling on to and I used to love Um, just how it seemed like my family members had such rich personalities. And I guess in comparison, I just felt like I was dry. And I kind of mentally blamed that on being raised in the suburbs. Um, Now, as an adult, of course, I can appreciate, like, the resources that uh, living in the suburbs afforded me. And obviously those technical aspects of it, but just from the social side, like, I, I wanted to be like that. Like, I wanted to be like them. Okay. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. I said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. So I just recall a, a few um, instances where um, I was interacting with my intermediate family. And just that experience from my eyes. Like, I was very, I was the only child for four years. And um, of the grandkids, I'll say, I'm, like, in the middle as far as oldest. So there's, like, three older ones above me and then a bunch of younger ones, right? And, like, between me and the third oldest is, like, 10 years. So I wasn't really with other cousins that were really my age. And so low-key, I was a little bit spoiled, like... I was just a kid around a bunch of adults all day and, you know, I learned from them and and I talked to them and I played with them and like they were my peers. They were my people. It just so happened that they were my authority figures and the elders in my life. But yeah, so like that impacted how I talked, how I communicate um, and my mannerisms and my manners, because like, again, I am the only kid, so I'm observing how adults are interacting in other people's homes and in public, and they're teaching me, like, respect and manners and how to be calm and how to be, you know, all these things, and when times, when there was times where I'm really, like, occupying my own time and my own self, I would daydream and imagine and my imagination was wild and even now like just 
doing creative projects like when I make my vision boards or like when I might rearrange my room or just different boring things like that I really try to channel that childhood imagination that I used to have because it was so rich and it's beautiful that I can see the childlike imagination in my daughter and it's just so inspiring and I love it being a little kid was lit okay so um just how I interacted and how I would operate in that space and then also from a child's perspective I thought it was important to really acknowledge the different things that were happening so we moved it's one thing to move and relocate as an adult but it's another to be a child and to be you know kind of observe what's going on and be able to articulate that um my mom she entered a serious relationship so again it's one thing to to date and get involved with someone as an adult but to observe that as a child and then how it's taught or explained to you and just really kind of processing and understanding something that you've never experienced besides watching on tv or in cartoons (laughs) was very interesting um and I mean, of course, there's 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 a little like alluding to the fact that my biological father wasn't present. And like as a kid, I know that I understood that, but how I understood it is very different than how I kind of um, explain it and understand it now as an adult, especially with a child of my own. So as a kid, it's just like, oh, he wasn't around and I was raised with my mom and I wanted to be with my mom and I'm a girl and she's a girl, like, you know. But as an adult, I've worked through the disconnect in in that relationship um, very differently. And I just thought it was important to kind of break it down in the terms of a child's eyes. You get me? There was also a specific story that I left out of my book, and I did it intentionally because, you know, things happen, but I felt like this is a good place to share. So um, I remember this one particular time where my biological father was trying to, what seemed like, take me, and I just remember how everyone was operating in that moment, how my mom was operating, my grandpa, my grandmother, my my biological father, and me just being, like, innocent and observing and running around and really not knowing the tense energy of the moment. And I just, I just remember how it is to view certain moments in your life as a child and not understand the depth of the situation that comes with the wisdom of being an adult. So this just goes back to my point of be aware of what you do and what you say and how you act in front of your children because they're viewing it through very different eyes. Um, But some of these things infiltrate our memories (laughs) and our subconscious, and it can get very deep very quickly. Um... Okay, so boom. I also talk about um, my identity and my self-esteem and how that developed from childhood. 
And a big part of being a black woman is our hair. And, you know, now there's this natural movement and reclaiming our our looks and our curves and our our melanin and just be our beauty is is very lit right now. Like this is a common like it's like, hey, are you talking about her natural beauty? Because listen, our community will check you. But we can't forget that there was a time where that was not common. It was a time when self hate would show itself in the in the form of uh, changes and assimilation, and um, where that comes from, and how that was not just perpetuated by white people, but perpetuated by black people because of white influence and white supremacy infiltrating our minds and and our self esteem and and the need to survive in this world. So assimilation was a form of protection and defense. So I have to acknowledge that. It's not our fault that we had these views, but it's definitely not to be ignored that we carried these, these types of things. Um, and even from a kid, like, uh, okay, so I'm about to be 30, y'all, in a couple months. Yes, dirty 30s, huh? Or flirty 30s, huh? But, you know, I'm old enough to remember hot comb days <laughs> and um that type of you know grease the scalp get your hair done easter church morning like all of that is my era okay we didn't have we wasn't doing flat irons in my childhood it wasn't until i was in high school that we were flat ironing our hair we were doing the hot comb like old fashioned old style on the stove like not even the electric kind that you plug in like on the stove paper towel grease all that so that is part of, you know, my experience. Um, so I just think that that is so quality that I can reflect back on that. And I also sometimes think like, dang, how can I give Lena this experience? Because she's th- growing up at a completely different time and like her natural curls be popping. I'd be like, Lena, can I do your hair? She'd be like, no, like <laughs> she wash and go is her style, you know. <laughs> but I think... Um, how those moments really have shaped us and how our hair, specifically black women's hair throughout history, has been a direct correlation to what we were experiencing, what we were going through, and how we were viewed in society. And that's powerful. And I'm going to talk more about um, hair specifically on the next episode because um, Awkward Black Girl is the next section. And that's when I get into me going from my childhood at home to my childhood in school. Now it's a completely different situation and hair plays up another role again and comes back up as a theme because again, it speaks to how we were treated, accepted, viewed, um, and the expectations that were kind of set and, and the language that was used in society and in our community. So yes, it ain't it ain't just hair okay <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that in the next episode and I'm just so excited to go through this book because it's just like wow like the 
experiences that you go through without even realizing that others are sharing in those same experiences is so powerful because at the end of the day, we are united and that is amazing. So I look forward to seeing y'all again at the next episode where we're going to talk about Awkward Black Girl. We're going to get into um, a little bit of tea because I am going to speak about my specifically public school experience. Um, We're going to talk about these teachers. We're going to talk about my experience. We're going to talk about my hair. We're going to talk about these um, classmates. Okay. It's going to be a little bit juicy without trying to, you know, be uh, defamation of character. But we're going to be honest because it's it's my experience is not just um, reflective of my time or myself or my school. Um, This is the next section is specifically a part where a lot of people have been able to relate. So we're going to talk about that. If there's anything that you want to discuss on my podcast relating to rebellion in your life and how our paths have been parallel or stories have been um you know, resonating with you um, because you can relate to them, please let me know. I will call you in. We can do it. We can talk about it. It'll be great. Um, also, if there's something that you just want me to share, please let me know. I would love to hear and I would love for others to hear because we all have a story. Just like my mom told me, we all have at least one book in us. And that is a real true fact. So I just appreciate y'all. <laughs> and I'm just excited. And it's like doing this podcast is making me love my book even more. Not to toot my own horn, but thank you. <laughs> if you want to be part of the conversation, you can send me an email. If you want to just be part of my journey on social media and see what I'm up to, you can go in at Mama's Reign, M-A-M-A-S-R-E-I-G-N. Please subscribe and leave ratings for the podcast if you want to hear more. That really helps me out. If you want to buy some of my products, go on my website at ConcreteRoadsHolistic.com. There's always new products going up because as I learn more and I just am more comfortable with creating, I update that. So it's reflective on my website. And finally... If you have not bought my book yet and you want to, go on Amazon.com and you can search for Rebellion by Amber Twine. It will come up. And it comes pretty fast, especially if you have Prime. So, absolutely. It's 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 a quick read, but I think it's quality. And I'm just excited to continue this journey with you guys. I'm just, I'm just blessed and grateful. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And you take care and treat each other with all the love that you have to give. Let me wipe away those tears and dry your eyes.